Well, welcome to church here today. It's good to have everybody. Welcome to Father's Day 2021. Legit. So good to have everybody. You guys may be seated in the house here today. Say hi to somebody if you want. But it's good to have everybody at church today. So good. Well, it, it is Father's Day. And uh, man, it is a, a good day. Father's in the house, man. This is where you just get to do... Um, uh, almost everything you want and uh, just got to make sure you check it with the wife real quick and uh, you know but uh, this morning I was walking out of the house uh, Ellis was still sleeping Brent is obviously up she's wild child and uh, she's already up like rocking and Ellis is like sound asleep um, like her mom we got similar personality Brent's like let's go and sister's still sleeping and so I was like I'm gonna, I'm gonna wake up Ellis and tell her how you know good morning it's Father's Day uh, she could sleep another hour, but I'm not going to allow that because it's Father's Day. And uh, I want to say hi to my daughter before I go preach. So, okay. She was like, you woke her up? I was like, uh, yeah. Cool thing was, she's like, daddy, a hug before you go. And so she's like wrapping her arms around me and everything. I was like, I'm just going to preach better just because of this right here. And Heather's just going to have to deal with it in Jesus' name because it's Father's Day. Well, um, we just came out of a series rooted, having a good conversation and what we're rooted in, knowing we're rooted in God's word, rooted in Christ, built up inside of him. And, um, you know, as we walk into this day on Father's Day, you know, there's a lot of complexities in our culture and our society today, especially when we we think about fathers. If you just think about father in general, uh, everybody's got an experience. Some are good. Some are bad. Um, and, And some of that, sometimes if there's a lack of understanding um, will lead us to a negative impression of a heavenly father based on our natural experience. And, and so there, it's very complex. And, you know, last 60 years, we've had a lot of chaos in the family dynamics in, in our world. You know, just the family, the home has, um, has had some challenges. The fathers haven't done a good job leading in the last 60 years, um, by and large, in our culture. And so it's created a, a bad uh, stigma around fatherhood. Um, and so rather than, you know, being individuals that, cry about it, uh, rather than being individuals that, you know, want to be frustrated with what is, the best thing we can do is just say, cool, this is the reality. Um, It's what we live in and let's move forward. And uh, God's word leans into this and helps us with this. And if you're a father inside of here, man, he he has, we'll talk a little bit about it today, but he is for us. He is with us. He has a design behind this. And we don't want to cower down. We want to step up and lead. You ever, ever uh, signed up for something you didn't really understand the full responsibility of it? You've been there before? You ever, you ever signed up to be a bridesmaid like, or a maid of honor and or a best man? You ever been there before? And then you got into it and you're like, uh, what, what do I have to do? Like, yeah, I, I thought I was just going to be like the first person standing in the line, like flexing on all the dudes behind me. Like, yeah, we cool. We, we more cool than you cool, you know? My brother asked me to be his best man whenever we were, uh, I was like 21, he was 24, he was getting married. You know, I was like, yeah, I'll be your best man. Lucky you, you know, I've known you your whole life. We've slept in the same bed for 18 years. I know every hair on your body and I know that you're a hairy man, okay? And so you're welcome. So I had that like, yeah, I'll do that. And, and I got into it and then everybody was asking me like, when, when's the bachelor party? I'm like, I, I I don't know what you talking about. Like somebody else is going to do that. They're like, no, that's you, buddy. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then, uh, the, the, you got to give a speech at the, uh, at the rehearsal dinner or no, at the rehearsal dinner. And you, you know, at the after party, I'm like, what do I, have to, I don't, I don't I didn't sign up for this. I'm just going to be the best man. I'm flexing up here. Okay. 
You know, I think sometimes in life we, we do this, right? And, um, we, we sign up for things and we really don't full understand those full implications behind what that yes is. We have a yes uh, and fatherhood is a lot like that, right? We like the idea of like, I'm going to raise you know, a son, you know, as a, every dad, you know, I want a son. Ugh, I'm going to put my, you know, me and him, he's going to look just like me. And, uh, you know, a little minion, you, right? And there's something about that, like, Ugh, you know, um, or just children in general, you know, raise them. Uh, they're going to carry on the family name, all that stuff. And so we have that. And I think it's just naturally with inside of us as men, but we don't really understand the full implications of what that looks like. We have this all over our life. We sign up for things, but then there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it that we don't necessarily understand. Fatherhood is all of that with the cherry on top, all of it. You know, you think about Jesus, whenever he went from 12 to 30, uh, what the Bible would tell us is that he grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with both man and God. It's a massive responsibility on childhood, the development of our children, fatherhood, leading, um, being effective inside of it, making sure our children are growing in their wisdom, that brain that's in between those ears that they're not, you know, they're just not unwise, right? They're wise. And, and that's literally only happens through relationship, really, you know, that they have respect for you and they would lean into your understanding, you know, that they would grow in stature, that they'd be individuals that take care of the temple in which God has given them, that they would be individuals that find favor with man and with God, both of them. I mean, you think about favor with man as character and integrity, favor with God is, you know, righteousness, well, godliness, but both those things are, are, are all those things are, they're let out by leaders inside of the home. The father is the leader inside of the home. Along co, co-leading with the wife. Don't get me wrong. It's Father's Day, okay? Yeah, yeah. Equal opportunity. Don't get me wrong. But it's Father's Day. And the way God has laid this out is that men are uh, called to lead. Be leaders in the home. Be decision makers inside of the home. Care over the process of development inside of the home. Train a child in the way they should go. That they're older, they will not depart from it. It's all on uh, the, the responsibility uh, and oversight is on the father's shoulders. Manage those dynamics. It's the way God has designed it. Now, here's the deal. The hood of fatherhood is a tough hood to be in nowadays. Let's be honest, right? There, there's, not, there's not a good connotation in culture here today around fatherhood, right? Uh, what we know is the God of this world is not the God in which we serve, Right? And so everything he sows is disorder and everything he wants to do is dismantles God's order. And God's order is man should be leading inside of the home. And uh, the enemy of this world scoffs at that stuff. And so the hood of fatherhood is a challenging hood. We can sit back and complain all we want on what is. I just, why, you know, why isn't there respect over man and blah, blah, blah. The reality is there hasn't been good living for the last 60 years. So that's why there's no respect, right? There's bad, bad decisions have been made. Individuals have left the home. There's a lot of fatherless homes, been desire, passion, blah, 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 you know, multiple different women, multiple different kids, all that other stuff. And, it, and it's created a connotation around fathers that are just, it's just not good. And so as men in here today, um, we embrace that. I embrace that. I'm, a, I'm, I'm cool. That is, it is what is. But I say today, and what I want our church to hear is and the title of my message is man up, man up. Father up, if you will, right? Um, all those complexities and all those challenges are a reality. If we try to escape that and you know, negate it, it, it would, we're going to fall short. It's, it's not, the reality is it's a bad place. We're in a bad place. There has been a lot of 
men that have not been leading in the home and they just offset it. Hey, women, you guys handle it. You guys handle the situation, whatever. I'm just going to sit back. And whether that's from uh, a Genesis perspective on women, they're always going to desire the leadership of man that God instituted literally in the, the curse. Man's going to toil the earth. Women are going to desire the leadership in the home. I mean, these, you've got labor pains and you've got desire of leadership. That's, that's what we, the challenge is always going to be. Whether it's from that basic fundamental thing or it's, it's from the uh, inadequacy, inadequacy of, a, of a man just wanting to absolve himself from that responsibility, too much pressure, didn't have the experience to do it. Whatever it may be, all it is is there, there's challenges there. And if we're not careful, what we do, what we will do is, as men, we would just absolve ourselves from that responsibility and we'll find ourselves in a very challenging place where we're not leading in the home and our, our homes are failing, right? Children need a father and a mother, both. Need a strong man, and a strong woman inside of the home to lead them, to care for them, to instruct them on how, how, to, how to live. So, um, so yeah, we got to plug away. So I'm just saying man up, right? These are the realities. Be a man, face those realities. It's challenging, but this ain't about making excuses. This is about stepping in, knowing how to lead, and then actually leading. Talk is cheap, action speaks, amen? Talk is cheap, action speaks. So we want to do... We want to do that. So if we're going to do that as men and we're going to lead in all the complexities with all the challenges, with all the negative uh, implications and challenges inside of our world today, um, the best place for us to be is, is taking orders and modeling God in our lives, learning from him and knowing how to lead our children. You know, if you look... Um, if you look, look in Luke chapter 11, I believe it's Luke, no, Luke, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 is a moment in time where Jesus would, be, uh, would indicate to us the heart of a father. You know, if you don't get the heart right, oftentimes your life isn't going to follow suit. If you don't get your heart right, because out of your heart, your life is lived, every father inside of here has got to get their heart right. And the heart's got to give you in a position of love. So number one, if you want to write it down, you've got to love like the father. But Jesus would indicate this through a story known as the prodigal son. We talked about this on Easter in a different context. But Jesus, whenever he tells this story, the whole principle of what he is saying is, this is the heart of a father. When something is lost, he's looking for restoration. And as a father, there's so much love inside of that. The whole point of John 3, 16 is, for God so loved the world that he gave. He, his children were lost. They were uh, in, a, in a broken relationship with him. And he wanted to do something to close that gap, to restore relationship. So the father, the first thing for us to do is get our heart in the right position to say, we want restoration no matter what. No matter what the cost is with humanity, no matter what the cost is with our children, we're going to live from a place of love that is moving in a direction of restoration if there's been an infraction. We're going to move in love towards our children. As it says in here in Luke chapter 15, I think it's verse number 20. Is that right? Verse number 20. Bam, it's right there. Bam, it's going to come. There it is. Luke chapter 15, verse 20. It says, and he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Now, you know about this story, the son by asking for this inheritance, basically was saying, I wish you were dead and I don't want to live in your authority. You know, if you look in a spiritual context, a lot of us do that. We don't want the authority of God. We just want the blessing from him. That's what this child did. But where is the father at? The father's on the edge of his property waiting for restoration. His heart is rooted in love towards his child. The first thing off the bat in fatherhood is love. 
We got to be fathers that love, willing to give, willing to face all the complexities. You wanted me dead, all good in the hood. I love you so much and I'm willing to stand on the edge of my property and move in restored relationship with you. You don't want my authority, all good. I want relationship with you. I love you. I'm gonna love you right where you were at. You may be messed up, tore up from the floor, but my heart is rooted in love. I cannot walk away from my character, right? It's getting our hearts in alignment with love. Now, the second thing is this. Jesus talked about uh, this last week, whenever, or Jesus talked about his life. He talked about it in Luke chapter 11. When we talked last week on teach us how to pray, the back end of this in uh, chapter 11, verse number nine, let's throw it up on here. I think it's verse number nine there. Verse number nine, he says this, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, I mentioned that just a minute ago, knock and it will be open to you. For, for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Next verse. Uh, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, uh, if you then who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So the heart behind this is, Jesus is indicating the heart of our father wants good things for our children or for his children. He wants that. If a child is asking, his heart is already positioned to be generous towards his children. As a father, that's where we're at. You know, I think about with my own life, uh, with my children, they ask me once for something and I'm like, no. The second time, the first no is like, let me think about it. The second no, I'm going to have a good idea, right? I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe not. Um, by the third, no, I'm like, what do you want? You want the whole bag of candy? You can have it all. I don't care. Right. But it's the process, right? If they keep on asking, there's a process to it. I'm like, okay, my intentions are, I want to be generous to my kids. I want them to have everything all at the same time. I want you to have every, every toy in target. I want you to have every piece of candy upon the face of the earth. If that's going to put a smile on your face, that is my heart. Now my wisdom is it may not be beneficial for you, Right. And so persistent asking puts me in a place to say, okay, my heart is to, but let me process to get that. Is it the right thing at right now? Let me process. Is this going to be a beneficial thing to you or could it harm you? Right? One piece of candy may not be a big deal. 10 may, right? It could cause them some serious problems. You do that consecutively over a long period of time. You got diabetes and you got a whole other issue that they have to deal with for the rest of their life because you were incompetent in your ability to, pass, to lead them as they're you know, pastor them. Yeah, that's one time. Uh, incompetent in your ability to lead them properly in their lives, right? You think about the implications. There's implications to it, as funny as it may be. But the heart of our father is, if you keep on asking, he'll bless. You keep on knocking, he's going to open the door. If you're persistent, his heart is to be generous towards us. And as a father, those are two things, man. Loving, we got to love like the father. And when we love, we generously give. It's who we're called to be as fathers. This is what we're pushing for. We want to love. We want to give. We want to you know, restore relationship. We always want to be in right standing. We want to we be generous with our kids, always giving according to right what's, what's, what's good for them, beneficial for them, not you know, crazy. But you want to give, have that gen- heart of generosity. That's what we're called to do as fathers. The second thing is we want to uh, encourage like the father. You know, in Colossians 3, verse 21, it says this, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. There's two sides to this. There's the practical and there is the spiritual. You know, fathers inside here, don't provoke your children, right? 
lest they be discovered or discouraged. Let they, they be in this place, man. You're constantly provoking them. You're, you're emotional in your reaction. You don't know how to respond, but you're provoking them. You're pushing them into a place to be discouraged inside of their lives, right? Uh, but let, what's the opposite of What's the antithesis of this? The antithesis is, is encouragement. We want to be individuals that are like, we're not going to provoke our children. We're going to encourage our children. We're going to build up our children. You know, it's very easy to get emotional inside of here based on our own experiences. I lived in a household that good was never good enough. You know, so there wasn't a lot of encouragement. There was just, you know, it was absence of it, right? I was always searching and fighting, doing, and I just could never do it, do good enough. And so a lot of it led towards discouragement. Well, if, I, if I'm not getting the affirmation, do I have the ability? And as fathers, the best thing we can do is just get in the trenches and encourage and strengthen and build up. Let them know they're the greatest. You know, my daughter, I always tell her, you're beautiful. You're smart. You know, you're funny. She doesn't like to say that I'm, uh, she's funny. She says, you're funny, dad. I'm like, okay, all good in the hood. But you're, you know, you're competent, you're kind, you're loving, you're such a great big sister. I'm always speaking it over her life. With Bryn, I'm praying a whole different prayer, right? It's a whole different prayer, right? But it's necessary, right? For her life and right where she is at. I, wanna, I don't want to provoke them to a place of discouragement. I want to encourage them to a place of courage and strength inside of their life. I want them to believe that they are the best, that they are the greatest, right? As fathers, that's the power of our voice. We get to speak that into uh, they're into existence. We get to constantly be the, the promoters and the encouragers of their life. It's the privilege we get. Now, here's the deal. If we've had experiences with our own father, we can't emulate those bad behaviors down to our own children. I could sit here today and say, well, my dad didn't give it to me, so why should I give it to my children? There's a lot of bad behaviors that are passed on generationally based on bad experiences right? Maybe a father grew up without a father in the home, never had the encouragement, so therefore never developed a behavior to encourage. So he always had an absent voice, but he was there. At least he was there. And then you're like, well, you know, that's how I'm hard today. You know, that's how I do it. You know, I'm a, I'm a man because my dad, you know, he did and you're like, uh, okay, well, cool. Well, how about we encourage? How about we encourage us? Let, let our voice Ephesians 4.29, be a gift unto our children. Every word that we say, be a gift unto our children. How would we just constantly be encouragers, okay? The thing for us today is them, them, not, them not accomplishing the highest heights of the world or whatever it may be, the greatest accomplishments. The accomplishment isn't like, we want them to be good before men and God, both of them. But the best thing that they can do is be the best or give their best effort. And so if we're just constantly encouraging them to give their best effort, we're gonna put them in the best position to win, no matter what. Now, the spiritual side of this is we always want to be encouragers of their spiritual walk, right? We don't want to be, you know, provoking them to not press in on God and not lean in on the heavenly father. We want to be the encouragers, man. Like, how was it today? Man, tell me that scripture that you learned. Man, what are you praying for? We want to be those encouragers so they constantly live in hope. How are you pressing in on God? How are you leaning in on him? We want to be those encouragers towards good spiritual things. If they see it in us, more than likely they're going to model it in their own life. If they can see you doing it, they're more than likely going to do it themselves. So we can be, a, we can be individuals that provoke negativity or we can be uh, fathers that provoke good things, right? Positivity leading towards good natural things and good spiritual things. Now, Ephesians 6 would say it this way. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not provoke your children to anger. Don't put yourself in a place where you are pushing, you know, you're acting out of emotion and now you're causing anger inside of your children. Don't do that. But what? Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. 
right? Sometimes in fatherhood, we can be so reactional and emotional because they're not meeting our expectations. We want you to do this. So, and the careful thing that we got to do is not crush spirits. We just want to break wills, right? We don't want to crush a spirit. We just want to break the will. Like just the other day, um, Bryn just got our two and a half year old. She just got some new chapstick that mom got for her. And she thought it was the greatest thing. She gets out of the car. So she decides to add lipstick or uh, chapstick to daddy's car. She thought it was a great idea. Of which Heather obviously is like, Brad, no. And so immediately she's like, she just drops it. Ah! She starts screaming, right? She's crying. She's crying. You know, sometimes it ends after like a minute. Sometimes it ends after two hours. It just depends on the day. Uh, <laughs> Both is annoying. Oh, that's all I gotta say. It's both is annoying. Um, so she's crying and she's crying and it's like it's not ending and she's crying and she's crying. So finally she comes upstairs and she's just crying. And so we're trying to, you know, you 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 work backwards after that. You're like, okay, really, it really crushed her spirit right now. And so we get down on her level and that's how we do it. Like, Bryn, you know, it's you know, we're sorry. And so she starts going, you are my feelings. And we're like, Brim, we didn't mean to hurt your feelings. That one, you hurt my feelings. She just kept on doing that. Ah, it was just so awesome. I mean, it was the best thing ever. It was so cute. It was just like, oh my God, just like, you hurt my feelings. Ah, you know, two and a half years old. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, but she's expressing herself. She's expressing, I have feelings. And when you did that, you hurt me. You hurt those feelings in which I have. Now, here's the problem in our generation today. That is an infraction upon a person's you know, <laughs> truth, right? You hurt my feelings. Well, our reality as parents is we don't want to crush spirits. We want to, we want to break wills. And sometimes what they feel is best, like adding chapstick to a car, isn't necessarily the best thing, right? And so as a parent, the right, the right thing to do is, hey, don't do that in the most loving way possible, right? And if it hurts their feelings, we let them know our intention wasn't to hurt your feelings, but we were bringing direction into your life on what is right and wrong. So the discipline inside of here, we don't want to provoke our children to anger. We want to constantly bring clarity to their lives that there is discipline that God has ordered us to live in. So as fathers, if we don't know what the word is, then we don't know why we're giving the discipline we're giving. Why should a kid not lie? Well, the Bible says thou shall not lie. That's why the Bible says Exodus 20 is a great place to start in the Ten Commandments. These are fundamental behaviors on the way God has intended us to live. So behaviors in which uh, we are disciplining our children are with, on, when you're out of alignment on God's design, then we bring correction to that, right? If we know what that is, we're bringing you back into alignment for God's design inside of this house and how we operate. There's ways in which we go about this. So we're bringing them in and not breaking spirits in the process, right? We're just breaking the will. Got to break that will. I want to do this. All good in the hood, but that's not the right thing to do. We want them to grow in both wisdom, stature, and favor with God and with man, both of them. And, and so we got this uh, responsibility in here. We don't want to provoke our children to anger, but we want to raise them up with the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Both of these things are paramount. Now, um, a few of the things that I love about my father... My father is, uh, he, he loves God with all of who he is. That is my dad. That is what he has lived. That is how he's modeled his life. He loves God and all. I see it in him. It's not just something he says. It's something that he does. I love my dad because he is super generous. He would sell every possession that he has 
to build the kingdom. And he's done that multiple different, sold multiple different things in order to just continue to be building the kingdom. That's who he is. I love that my dad is incredibly generous. To this moment, like right now today, there are two individuals staying in their house because they were in need of a uh, roof over their head. And they said, our house is wide open to you. I love that my dad is uh, crazy, he has crazy faith. My dad is a man of complete conviction and crazy faith. If God speaks it, man, he believes God is going to do it. There ain't no, nothing can stand in the way. Nobody can discourage him. He believes it's going to happen. I love that my dad is super adventurous. That's part of where I get my spirit on the adventurous. Like, let's go. La Vida. Not, not, not La Vida. Sorry. YOLO. There you go. You only live once. Let's go. Not La Vida. Okay. All the Hispanics in here were like, what? He's like, La Vida. <laughs> Gringos were like, La Vida. Velvita? Yeah, Velvita. Amen. Velvita's good. <laughs> Velvita. Amen. My dad's super adventurous. We went to Scotland five years ago, and I thought that whenever you would do a rod rental, I thought that was just like you were renting a rod and then you'd go fish inside of the, the, the rivers. Now, Scotland has some of the best fly fishing in the world. So I'm like, I'm going to, me and my dad, we're going to go fly fishing. It's going to be this incredible thing. But it's $200 to rent a, a fishing rod. I think that's crazy. I think you can buy one for 50 bucks when we get there. So well, let's just go and we'll get there. Well, I got there and I realized that when you rent a rod, that is just simply your rental to fish on the river. And I was like, oh, that, that sounds crazy. So you got to buy a rod and then you got to pay $200 for a rental. Their, their rivers are not public. They're private. So you can't just, you can't just fish on the rivers. You got to pay whoever owns the property and whatever. So we were staying on Cawdor Castle, which comes from the Cadell name. So I practically own the place. It's like 10,000 acres, got a full working castle. It's pretty awesome. Pretty much own the place. So I'm like, if we're staying here, then we should be able to fish on these, these rivers. But I was unsure. So I'm like, I don't know if we should do this. My dad's like, YOLO, let's go. So my dad just like goes out, dude. He's just like getting it. Super adventurous spirit. He's having the time of his life. He's on rocks. He's fishing. My dad caught this massive trout. Check this out. He's having the best day of his life right there. I don't know if he's ever had a better day in his life right there. Best, best fishing chips we, we had in all of Scotland and or Ireland. He was over there. There's rocks down there. He's fishing off the rocks and getting it. I'm just taking pictures. Like literally, I don't even think I threw a rod in it. I was like, I'm not going to a Scotland jail. I'm not doing it. <laughs> My dad's YOLO in it right there, right? Living his best life, right? Now, here's the deal. I'm talking about my dad and what I love about my dad. On the flip side of that, I can tell you 100 things that I don't like about my dad. I can tell you the frustrations that I have. I can tell you the challenge that he created inside of my life. I told you a little bit earlier, the absence of a voice of affirmation in my life led me down a road that I'm never going to get affirmation from man, so I just got to figure it out myself, right? And it can put you adversely at odds with people around you, right? And I'm just going to do it myself, and I don't have the affirmation. It's never going to be good enough, and I always got to work. And blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it, it, get, it gets a little chaotic as a young man. So there was, there's deficiencies in him that created chaos in my life. And I'm a better man today, and obviously who he is in Christ and how he has led his life has modeled that for me, and I've led towards Christ, and I found restoration. But we can focus on 100 different things we don't like about our natural fathers today. Right? I'm sure there's been living. There, there's fallible men everywhere. Every man that's ever lived is fallible. But we serve an infallible God. And so as we sit here today, the existence of what our understanding is may not necessarily represent the heart of God. You may even be a father here today that as we, we mentioned negativity, you identify more with the negative than you would say the positive. The good thing is there's restoration 
that can happen in a moment's notice. I mean, just one decision to change your life and change the direction of your life could bring full restoration to your complete existence as a man. You know, there's a gentleman inside of our church that has walked down this road. He's telling me this story a couple months ago, and I said, man, this would be a great story to share, especially on Father's Day. On a man, he lived in Hawaii, and if you know uh, uh, about Hawaii, there's just challenges there. There, There's struggles there, and if you really get into the heart of um, the Hawaiian people, there's challenges there. And and with any society that's living in sin, there's challenges there, and there's complications. Well, a gentleman in our church has walked down that road, generational dysfunction that has led to a place of an existence that's not good. But I think he's got something to share with us today, and I want you guys to tune in with that. No matter where your existence is, I think you can be encouraged today. So check out this story by Tony. I'm originally from the island of Oahu in the state of Hawaii. Uh, My father joined the Marine Corps when I was two years old. At the age of 11, my dad got stationed in uh, Iwakuni, Japan by himself. So we went back to Hawaii. Up until that point, we were best friends. Uh, He was my coach for baseball and uh, everything seemed great. But when he came back from Iwakuni, something was uh, different. He no longer wanted anything to do with my life. He didn't take me to go play baseball, any of that stuff. So that was my first sense of abandonment that I felt. Uh, That abandonment uh, triggered to the age of 13, having, starting to have sex constantly. Uh, At the age of 15, first time with an adult female. Sex became love to me. And, uh, you know, I got married, I had Alyssa, and uh, we can't enjoy my life. Her and I, growing up, I thought we had an amazing relationship. We communicated really well. There was nothing that she couldn't talk to me about. Jolene was her stepmom. Jolene helped Alyssa to become the woman that she is today. With Jolene and I's relationship, um, there was some depression that she suffered. That, that depression got between us, and I thought, uh-oh, I feel like I'm being abandoned again. And uh, my default mechanism was to go do what I normally do. And at that time, alcohol was a big thing in my life. Uh, drinking to escape, uh, the womanizing was to receive love, and so had an affair. Having come out and did that, Alyssa asked some questions, and then. Little did I know that Alyssa's husband, my son-in-law, had had an affair with that person years before. So it sparked in Alyssa some rage, uh, anger, and uh, she let me know how my choosing women over her has affected her life. The relationship I thought that was loving and caring and kind and so amazing blew up in my face. Alyssa and I didn't talk for about six months. She didn't want to hear anything I had to say. So we were moving to San Antonio, and God told me I needed to go talk to her before I left. So I didn't call, I just went and knocked on her door. She answered, and I was blessed that she let me in. She asked me, so what do you have to say? I said, Alyssa, I really don't have anything to say except I'm sorry. Um, I'm gonna let my actions speak for me now instead of my words. It's the same thing that Jolene asked me is how can you promise me it's not gonna happen again? And all I could promise her was today I surrendered to God and I laid my life down for you. And if I'm given the opportunity tomorrow, I'll do the same. 
So her confrontation allowed me to heal myself first, restore my marriage with my wife, to a point where we've never been in love the way we are now, uh, build a relationship back up with her, build a relationship with our eight-year-old Joni, but more importantly, it also allowed me to restore or make amends with my father because I never dealt with that stuff in my heart until recently. I don't think I really truly forgave him for everything. So in March when I was in Hawaii, we went to a Punchbowl Memorial Cemetery and I got to videotape my making amends with my father and uh, be freed of that bitterness, anger, and resentment and truly be able to enjoy this Father's Day. I know that others have things in their heart that are that make them broken, just like me. And my encouragement is that um, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk about him. In the end, it's not gonna matter what people think about you. It matters what God says you are, who God says you are. And I know I am loved. I know I was made in his image. Therefore, no matter what I've done in my past, he has made it new with his son's blood. Know this, it is never too late. Time here on earth is just such a small little blip. And to imagine going through life and not really truly having a relationship with the person that is your father or it's your child, just because of a disagreement or because of how you used to act, Show them who you are in Christ today. Take that leap of faith and make amends because relationships is truly what God wants us to have. And I promise you, it'll bring you joy. Both sides of the equation, you get living that's calm, obviously out of, out of alignment with God's will. Not righteous, not godly, completely unbiblical, decisions being made on personal desire, selfishness that created chaos inside of the family dynamic. Maybe your existence today is that. You, you've just seen a father that has lived carelessly. Self-indulgence, whether, that, whether that's addiction, whatever the addiction may be, alcoholism, drug addiction, women, whatever it may be. You've seen a dad that has just lived a chaotic life. And that may be your existence today. Maybe today it's, it's settling in your own heart to say, you know what? I'm not gonna allow my natural fathers, my earthly fathers living to put a bad perspective on my life towards a heavenly father. Maybe today he has changed but you've never forgiven him for what he has done in the past. And today you just live in frustration and resentment over him. Maybe it's time to find forgiveness in your heart towards him. Say, so you know what? I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to go and, and seek restoration, right? Obviously it's the father's responsibility to do this. We see it in the father, broken relationship. He ran after the kid. He ran after to restore the relationship. He was seeking uh, uh, a restoration in the relationship. 
But a son and or a daughter may have to do that in, in, in a natural world, in a fallen humanity. It may be our responsibility to go have that conversation. So today I'm just saying, if you need forgiveness in your relationship, go make it happen today. Why spend the rest of your life in a broken relationship with your earthly father? If you can be the person restored by Christ, that now can move in the direction of your earthly father, that maybe, just maybe, by you restoring relationship with him, he'll restore relationship with his heavenly father. Maybe. Maybe. That's one scenario. Maybe today you are the, the father that has done all those things, but you've never asked for forgiveness from your children. Maybe you've just and I'm just going to keep on living life. Maybe it's time to say, you know what? I'm going to man up. I'm going to take responsibility for what has been happening. I'm going to say sorry. I'm going to let them know that I know I failed X, Y, and Z. You're going to ask for forgiveness. And then here, no more talk. It's all action. You're moving forward. You're ready to move forward, right? Maybe this is your existence here today as a father that now you got to own it and you gotta move forward. You can, you can change the dynamics. I love what Tony said in there, is that he said, I, I don't have words to say. All I'm gonna do is, I'm, one, I'm sorry, but now I'm just gonna let my, my actions talk. I'm gonna let my life be lived, right? And that's why I say, if our heart is rooted in love and generosity like our Heavenly Father, our actions are gonna move in the right direction where care over our children. They're gonna see it in us. They're tired of hearing it. Oh, I love you, somebody, I love you. What well, doesn't look like it, right? Thank you for the words, but can I just see a little bit of action, please? Right? And maybe today this is you just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to man up. I'm going to man up and I'm going to move in the direction of love and my actions, not my words. Obviously, words need to be there. Don't get me wrong. Affirmation, words need to be there. But you're going to move in direction of action. Okay? Let's pray. Let's just stand up and uh, let's get all our men on their feet today. We want to pray for all of our men. Let's just get our men on the feet. Sorry, everybody. Just men. Just fathers. Sorry, fathers in the house. Just fathers, okay? Sorry to give you the, what are we doing here? But all the fathers, I want, I want to pray over you guys. Um, the responsibility is great. Man up on that responsibility. If you're not a father yet and you're a man inside of here, hear what I'm saying. <laughs> this, is a real this is a real hood to be, we're in. And it's going to take immense wisdom in order to do it right. Now, when I think about fathers in this generation, I felt like the Lord put it on my heart that Joshua is a key individual that we should look at. God had to speak something to him for him to have the right courage to step into the promised land and lead properly. And so what, what uh, God was speaking to Joshua and Joshua 1, we're going to go down here. I'm still getting used to my ESV version. You know, I'm like, uh, doesn't flow like my NLT. So... Let me read it off of here. It's a little bit easier for me. This is what God would say to Joshua. I'm going to read it through. He says, No man shall be able to stand before you all uh, the, all the days of your life. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. The first thing off of the bat is, I am greater than anything that would stand in front of you. And I love that. Joshua had a responsibility to lead the children into the promised land that God has designed. But you can look in the natural and be like, Oh, it's too great. But God was already trying to give courage on nothing can stand in front of you. Nothing will be able to stand in your way. 
I just want men to hear that today, that it doesn't matter what is going on in our culture today, God is for us. Nothing can stand in our way. God has designed this, he has planned this, this is his order, we just gotta lean into it. He says this, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I am with you, he's saying, I'm with you. Nothing can stand in front of you, I am with you. I'm with you just as I was with Moses. Verse number six says, be strong and courageous. Come on, have some strength and be courageous. Be strong. Don't be a faint heart. Don't be weak. Be strong. It's going to take strong fathers to rise up and say, God has a design, God has a plan, and I want to model that in this world in which we live in. All the accusations, all the disrespect, cool. It's not going to phase my strength. I'm not going to be a weak man. I'm not going to be a weak father. I'm going to be a strong father. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to take courage and I'm going to lead. I'm going to do it, right? I'm going to go after it. So he goes, first time he says strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to the fathers to, uh, to give them. So we know the promise was, hey, I got a land for you, Abraham, leave your father and mother and go into this land. They didn't actually uh, fully inhabit it until centuries later. Moses had to come along. Joshua had to come along. But ultimately the full blessing on the children of Israel didn't come until Joshua led into this land. And so fathers gotta lead to get the full blessing of God on what they're doing, on their household. So lead, lead them into the promised land that God has for us. Verse number seven, only be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law of Moses, my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse number eight, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Get the Bible in your mouth is what he's saying. Get the word of God in your mouth. Get it up in your lips. Know what it's saying and speak it out of your mouth. What he say? But you shall meditate on it day and night. Make it a part of your life to know the word. What else are you gonna know? What other wisdom are you getting? Right? Know the word, meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that it is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. We want to be successful. Let's get the word in us. Verse number nine, I have not commanded you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. Your father inside of here. No fear in Jesus' name. Strong and courageous, man. God is with us and he is for us. Amen. Amen. So we're the body of Christ. We want God's word, his truth lived out. No matter what our living is, no matter what our experience is, we want the truth of God's word to be lived out. So as we pray in this house right now, let's pray for success on the fathers in this house. That they would lead, that they would be strong and courageous. So goes the home, so goes society. And if a father's not leading, I don't think the full blessing is gonna be on the house. We need fathers leading this generation. It's God's design. God, we come to you, Lord. Father, as fallible as we may be as humanity and as fathers, Father, no matter what our experience is, God, we're walking in trenches. We're walking through challenges, God. There's a struggle in our generation, Lord. But Father, we shall not fear. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that, Father, all the experiences that have been lived out by every father in here, if, they, if they're negative, God, I pray that you would just forgive those instances. Father, may we have restoration in those instances. Every single one of those experiences that brought bad ideas and bad behaviors, God, 
Father, I pray that it comes to a completion today and Father, it is remembered no more. That we are forgiven of those things. That we are released from that bondage. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that we would we would be a men and a fatherhood. That Father would move from this moment, Father, moving away from the chaos and the dysfunction. And Father, we would have the word in us. We would have it in our minds. We would have it in our hearts, God. It would be upon our lips, God. And Father, it would be lived out of our lives. Father, help us with the wisdom necessary to make the right decision for every single one of our children. Make the right decisions for our household, God. Let us be great leaders, God. Not dictators, but great leaders. Leaning into the counsel of our wives. Leaning into the, the, the firmness of our wives, God. And, and the strength of our wives, God. And leaning in, God, to make the best decisions to lead inside of the homes, God. May we be stronger today. May we be better today as fathers. Father, may we lead and love and, and give like you, God. May we model for our children who you are. May we be the best representation of who you are, God. Father, as we live and as we leave, may you help our development of our children. Areas that we are deficient in, God, may you make up for that by your spirit, God. May you oversee our leadership, God. Father, where we fall, may you be, may you pick us up, God. Where we fall short, God, may you be strong in those areas, God. Father, may we, where, where we're weak in our voice, God, may you, may you compliment it in our lives, God. And may you be strong in giving encouragement through us, God. Father, wherever we need help, may your spirit give it, God. If we lack wisdom, give us strength and wisdom, God. If we lack understanding, God, give us understanding. Expand us as men, expand us as fathers, that we may be better leaders across the board. Your will be done ultimately, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen and amen and amen.